1: As long as the patterns of conditioning remain uncovered, painful cycles may repeat. In order to heal yourself, it's important to do integrated work. Ask the empowering questions and follow where it leads, which is usually your parent or someone who raised you. When you get there, forgive them and yourself and let go of whatever it is you need to let go of. You will then begin to think differently about your life, some aspects of it, and start a new path of growth and renewal. Valeria interviews Hilda Molenhoff. She is certified hypnotherapist and mindset coach. Hilda's passion for mental health and mindset started when she had gone through her own battles with mental health. She had learned to do meditation and yoga over 20 years ago and discovered the impact it had on her self-awareness. Hilda's experience with mental health and the mindset made her dive deeper into the healing arts so she could help guide others to feeling better. Hilda studied energy healing as she journeyed into the healing arts. Then, one day, someone introduced her to hypnotherapy and learned the science of the mind, and she was sold. Hilda studied hypnotherapy and opened her own practice. Through this work, she discovered how important it is for people to discover the power of the subconscious mind and their own mindset to create shifts in their lives. Hilda uses hypnotherapy and mindset coaching as it is imperative to the well-being and discovering of our mental patterns. Hilda's unique talent are her intuitive and inquisitive mind that hones in on the actual issue causing the symptoms. Hilda practices mindset and meditation as a daily lifestyle, and it has completely changed how she views the world. She hopes with her experience to educate and help others to understand their own patterns to the shift. Meet Hilda at HildaMolenhoff.com. Here's the interview with Hilda Mollenhoff.
0: In your own words, who is Hilda Mollinghoff?
2: Hi, so I am a hypnotherapist and mindset coach. And what brought me here was basically my own life teachings. And not only the teachings, but they actually really created a lifestyle. So I spend a lot of time meditating um, this has been a huge impact for me in my life as I've, I've gone through quite a bit of difficulties, um, traumas, anxiety. And I found that meditation was the way through, um, and also learning about myself, but it also helped me discover a true passion for wanting to help other people. And so I spent a lot of time doing that. I, I'm a total nerd and love watching. Documentaries on yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, yeah. Um, you know, I, I total sidetrack I would got really uh, caught up with, uh, Bigfoot and I was really curious about that. Like I just totally geek out. Um, I'm just very curious about everything. And so if something catches my attention, I, I, I really get into it. And, um, so, Mental health is a big thing for me, so I'm very, very um, interested in it and spend a lot of time studying it and understanding the human mind and, and you know, why we do those things. It's a very deep passion of mine is because it's just something that I had to go through and live with, and then I basically look at it as like, well, I don't want other people to go through as, things as difficult as it was for me so I want to be there to guide them. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty big kid. I love to play and goof around and, uh, I don't know. I've kind of like a jack of all trades. I love to do art. So, um, I have done art shows in my past and like to create my own paintings and, um, I think I'm really
0: lucky that way, that I could do that.
2: <laughs> I always amaze myself.
0: I'm like, how did I do that? But I do. I love this openness and, and curiosity about ourselves and life. That's the door to me, to freedom. But of course, we have to unpack what that means. And so mental health and healing. So I guess, let me see the question that I have for you. An open question, Hilda. Is the goal of healing mental health? And if it is, what is to be mentally healthy from your perspective?
2: That's a really good question. I think the goal, I think there's a couple of separate things in regards to healing and mental health. I think healing yourself will provide you better mental health, but sometimes you know that there's healing that needs to happen, but your mental health is okay. It's when you have situations that your mental health is being impacted that you need to take a look at what needs to be healed and whatever that is for you. So if that is something that is around, well, usually it stems around relationship, then it's, and it's really impacting your mental health. Then it's very important to look at that and heal it because that can really run the bus and you know if you have these wounds these historical wounds and they're not healed and they are driving the bus for you and you get triggered and it's a consistent thing for you that will absolutely impact your mental well-being and so healing those wounds will make that shift it, it, you know it'll be if something like a trigger would happen it would be water off your back because you've healed that you won't be triggered
0: by that anymore it's um, fascinating to hear that mental health or healing is this constant, ongoing journey, per se, experience in the human body, a mind, that there's no um, really destination that we arrive at. But then when it comes to freedom, it seems like we can access that, that there is a, a deeper place within ourselves that it's free. And we can always come or operate from that freedom. Is that something that resonates, Hilda? And if it does, what is to be free? I think um,
2: freedom is, is really diving deep into those, into those wounds, into uh, your patterns, you know, things that may be on repeat that are inhibiting you from moving forward in your life and and setting yourself free. There's so much power in that and, that, and that knowing that you have this power, like you're not a victim anymore. You can look at it and be like, hey, you know what? That particular subject, that thing that somebody said to me that used to impact me, but I got this, and I don't have to feel you know, controlled or I don't have to feel like garbage anymore because I've, I've overcome that. That's a huge amount of power and freedom and having that ability and that strength in your mind to be able to catch those things. That's power. That's freedom.
0: What comes to mind is uh, emotional freedom. I have um, another platform that's called the freedom to feel, which is, a message that came to me powerfully too by doing a lot of the healing work myself, meditation and all, that we are here to feel and it's okay to have those feelings, whatever they are, and mm-hmm. let them just be what they mean to be, which is free. It's free. It's feelings that come and go. They are not here to stay anyway.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think another thing that I, I just comes to mind when you say that in terms of freedom is being really authentic and, and allowing yourself to feel those big feelings. I think what happens in today's society is we like almost aren't allowed to, or we're some of us, the way we were growing up, we were conditioned not to feel those big feelings and not, um, parented to be like, Hey, and allow the, the, the anger or the sadness to shift through. We push that down and Pushing that down creates depression and all kinds of mental health issues. And I think that's this piece of freedom where you're like, hey, I'm allowed to feel this. It's okay. Um, and it's okay to
0: be really authentic and accept yourself as that Let's see. Another question I have, open question for you, Hilda, is the purpose of the human experience. What do you feel that is? Why are we here going through all this (laughs) that we go through? Yeah.
2: uh, (laughs) I laugh because I think about this time when I was in an enlightenment retreat. And in the retreat, I really was like, wow, you know, we're all connected. Whether we like it or not, we are all connected. And so we're all here to teach one another. And, you know, the people in our lives are are a reflection or a mirror of ourselves that are going to teach us what we need, maybe some really hard lessons or just maybe love or support, but they're all here for a reason. And we all have uh, a contribution to that, that connection. It's like, you know, when somebody goes, you know, and then it's a missing piece of the puzzle. It all impacts us. And so we all have a duty on this earth, whether it is being, you know, a helper healer, or maybe it's just being a family member, you know, a parent, mother, father, um, we don't all have to rise to stardom. We here exist because we need that, it's like a whole like system and we need everybody involved to support each other in that way. So I don't know if I can answer that. Mm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, there's such a connection there that one thing that I learned too is that when I work and heal myself, I also heal the collective. I'm also impacting. It's like throwing a pebble in the water, and it ripples out. It's the
0: same thing. Yeah, I'm very interested in in freedom in that sense, not just throughout the human experience of it, of just allowing the feelings to be, and all kinds of feelings, but also what is true freedom. How can we end the legacy of suffering and pain?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much. Um, texts out there, the Buddha, you know, in Buddhism, they talk about what creates suffering is attachment. And it's, it's what we attach ourselves to can also set you free. Um, but I think in terms of your emotions and your mental well being, it's really your self discovery and really knowing who you are and how. How those things make it, when you know those things, you deeply understand those things and how it can affect you and how can it impact your peers.
0: It's such a paradox a lot of times that we have those almost like we're already free, but at the same time, freedom is not free. So we (laughs) need to do all this work to get to feel, to be in this state of freedom.
2: I think it's right there in front of our faces. I just think it's our culture and what, ah. we work, what we grew up with. You know, not all cultures are like this. They have a different view of their lives and, and what freedom means to them.
0: I know, Hilda, and this is something that that's the reason why I have this podcast because I couldn't really have a conversation around my family members and family about these topics. So I had to create a space. And bring people like yourself to just um, kind of dance around these deep topics that are often not allowed, not even reflected upon in our society. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to see that. Yeah, it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, how come? There's no
2: better game in town. Do oh. God, why don't you understand this? Yes. Let me help you. But there's a. I do find there's a resistance to it. And you know, it's like, you know, if you could really see this thing within yourself, you'll set yourself free from that. You won't suffer as much.
0: Or even making it fun in the sense of curiosity. Like, why are we here? What is creating all this reality the way this is? Because sometimes I look at the at the sky and I look at the, the moon and the sun. I'm like, how come? What is it? <laughs> doesn't make sense. This is a pattern here. <laughs>
2: this yeah. Is, I mean, right? Well, I mean, I believe in like... Um, Total energetic forces, and that we all have our own like ener- energies, and they create these universes around ourselves. And I sometimes I had this th- excuse me, I had this thought that, um, here we are, people, when you look at the stars, and there's just like I don't know, I, I would I'd be foolish to say a number, I don't know how many, <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> but could each star energetically resemble a human and their universe and all the things within them because it's all this everything's connected maybe this sounds silly but it's all energetic forces i'm a big junkie when it comes to like metaphysics
0: it, it's mind-blowing yeah and this is i think the missing piece in our societies and our in our own lives, really, just being open, a lot more open to the possibilities of what life can be or what life is, even.
1: Mm-hmm. Asking
0: deeper questions. So let me go back to um, what you do <laughs> <laughs> before I get lost even in the conversation of metaphysics and spirituality, yeah. <laughs> because, boy, I love that. You are a certified hypnotherapist in mindset Coach, what led you to do what you're doing today, and what is the main intention of your work?
2: Well, my intention is to bring to light what my my clients are challenged with, and to if there's something going on for them, a particular pattern that's going on for them, is to dive in deep and to a, do some reprogramming around the thinking around that particular subject and to connect the dots. Where is that coming from? And, um, and do some healing around that and do some reframing around that. And it's, it's, you know, it's that, that, that's being able to, okay, that you now you have an opportunity to, to process it. And now you get to process it and, create new programming but outside of that you have to create a lifestyle for yourself that's where the mind the mind coaching mindset coaching comes in is it doesn't just stop with one session of hypnotherapy you got to do the work you got to catch yourself and and be like i don't want to think like that um and so how i got into it was i mean i've been very interested in mental health, um, meditation and, and, uh, you know, energy work for uh, quite some time because I suffered from anxiety and panic attacks and I didn't get why or where it came from. So, yeah. I mean, now I do. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah.
2: And, um, but I'm so glad that I do because that part of my life has dissolved greatly for me and I did it. And through meditation and, and eMDr and hypnosis, um I did it um, I kind of was just like a guinea pig on myself, and so what really brought me to hypnotherapy was I had gone through a very difficult abusive relationship, um, and it was quite quite a traumatic ending and as in the process of healing and a friend of mine was like, Hey, you should you should try some hypnotherapy. You should check this out. And so I started to listen to Marissa Peer. I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but she's a really great hypnotherapist. And um and it was what she said when she was talking about how hypnotherapy works and all the programs in her mind. And I was like, Wow, that I mean, like that made sense to me. And I'm like, that's why I do this stuff that I do. Like, though <laughs> so and I was, I was hooked. I, I noticed the impact it had on me really quickly in some areas where I was more susceptible and some other areas for me, I knew I had to do bigger work. Um, and I continued to be on that path, but it was in that as well that when I discovered this mindset, which was like, well, what am I thinking? You know, because like your feelings follow your thoughts or sorry, your thoughts, your feelings are your thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) So how you think creates how you feel. And so I've gone through depression and I remember what I was thinking. I remember very clearly. And that's what I became. And that's why it's so important to have this mindset. It's it's. You know, you want to feel more at peace than have peaceful thoughts.
0: I guess my question is about hypnotherapy. I have never done it before, but I interview a lot of people and I have close um, hypnotherapists around me. But for some reason, I engage in self-awareness. And I'm wondering if this is something that you often recommend. It seems like you do, but I'll ask you the question. So we do hypnotherapy sessions and then you recommend that we engage in Self awareness work practices so we can become aware of those thoughts when they appear in the moment. Mm -hmm. Or you use a different approach when it comes to after session.
2: I always give my clients homework.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I thought so.
2: (laughs) Because I want them to feel better and I want them to know that it's up to them to do that. And I'm here to be a a guide, a helping hand, but it's up to them to do the work and I give them the homework so that they can start to, it depends where they're at, but you know, if they're in a really bad state, I'm going to give them exercises that are going to help them to start feeling better right away. If I have clients who are more self-aware then I'm going to give them, you know, a more challenging homework to dig deeper into those things. And, but I always give them, here's your new thoughts that you need to think. Here's, here's, you know, like uh, affirmations, but affirmations are just thoughts. So I'm like, this is the subject we're talking about. This is your pattern around that, around how you think. And this is where we want you to go. This is how we want you to think. And I want that to be your new pattern. I want
0: that to be your new mindset. I got the impression before that's in the very beginning when I started kind of I discovered hypnotherapy that there would be whatever pattern we have would have been fixed or corrected with one session or some sessions, hypnotherapy sessions. But this it takes more than that, right, Hilda? absolutely i've I mean I've had
2: uh colleagues of mine who've had what you know like really impactful sessions with people who are addicted to smoking. They said their clients said you know one session in it, and it did it and I think when it comes to um I think when it comes to some emotional patterns that are really deeply rooted, it takes more than one session, and I think, as well as that the session isn't just i'm going to talk to you and you're going to listen it's let's let's do some let's do some discovery let's put on our journey hats and let's go on a journey together because the point of you being here is being able to figure out where that came from and it's where that came from is that root it's so important to know that root and to so i do age regression in hypnotherapy And age regression allows the person to go back to the first time they started to feel that way and go back to that event. And from that event, it's like, okay, then we, we do reframing. Reframing is giving them the opportunity to have what they needed in that moment. It's so important in healing and it connects the dots for them to be like, okay, hey, I have this symptom. It must be from this. But when you go further back, it's actually from this. And it doesn't have to be a giant big T trauma. It could be from a little T trauma, but it was enough to impact them. And they are often surprised where they go. But I'm like, don't try to force yourself. Just go with it. (laughs) And uh, allow this to happen. And so there's the connecting the dots that happen in hypnotherapy. There's the healing parts. You know, you, a lot of this stuff is stemmed around a relationship that we have or had with someone. And maybe we haven't had the opportunity to fully express what we needed to express. It's so uh, healing to express that because we hold stuff in so there's opportunities in uh, what I call courting to help heal past relationships or current relationships. Um, there's also what I do um, is parts therapy or some people might notice sub-personalities uh, or inner family systems. And we have all these different parts in our mind. Like uh, what's very popular is inner child healing But I think we forget about the inner critic and the inner protector and the inner mother and inner lover and inner father and inner artist. And all of these parts of us at some point, you know, if one of them got wounded, they can inhibit us from moving forward.
0: And so there's work to be done. You also have past life regression. It's part of... um the hypnosis process or sessions that you do so Mm -hmm. i would love to hear more about that well
2: sometimes (laughs) so when we did school um and they were teaching us age regression they were like hey just so you know when people go into age regression, they could go into a past life. Um, and so right. they trained us to be able to work through that because when you're in age regression, we ask specifics, like, where are you? You know, when you look at your feet, what do you see? And somebody like, say if it's female, they're like, I see men's feet. So we know right away. Okay. <laughs> this isn't new. Um, and, these types of things, these past life things, I mean, I believe in them, that they can impact you now, currently, and that there's healing to be done in your past life. And the past life is more like you're in this past life as the person you are, and you you basically fast forward to significant events, and then you get to the event. That needed to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, and then, basically, you fast forward to your death, and then you allow the healing and things to process through, and so that you can let go of that, so it's not stopping you
0: from this current life. Right. I think I have heard. There's. I think Brian. Wise, I think his name is, he's a hypnotherapist. I'm not sure if if I remember his name correctly, if I'm quoting the correct person. But I think that's how he started, that he was doing these sessions and then he noticed that his clients, they were going into past lives instead of only this lifetime or traumas that happened in childhood. They were going further and further, like deeper and deeper. And then I think he wrote a book about that too.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's just, I don't know if you heard about him. I think it's Brian Weiss. I'm not sure.
2: I don't know of him, but I—I I, uh, all I know is from my practice. Um, and what I've witnessed with myself and what I've witnessed with other people is that it's not to be blind in thinking that it's only just one thing. We need to be
0: open, right? Absolutely. Do you meet your clients online and offline in person? Does it make a difference, Hilda?
2: I do all my work online and I don't think it makes a difference because I'm seeing them face to face.
0: Right. So it's done by Zoom, Skype. Mm -hmm. Some people they do it over the phone, I noticed. I I don't do it over the phone, but um
2: because because I want to see my client's face. So I do it over Zoom because I want to know that they're going into hypnosis. And I can tell by the way that their breathing slows down, their head might slump forward, they look more relaxed, they look like they might be falling <laughs> asleep. But that's when I know I'm, I'm, that it's working. Um, I do know that you can listen to hypnotherapy, it works. Um, Absolutely, because the most important thing
0: is my voice or the hypnotherapist's voice that makes sense that some people prefer to do it over the phone. I noticed that too, with some of the guests that I interviewed who are hypnotherapists now for some reason, they prefer over the phone sessions. Mm-hmm. So it's just a preference, but this is the same outcome in a way, right? Mm-hmm. I have there's another topic. It's not really another uh, topic in a sense of a different one. It's within what we uh, have been talking about. It's a blog post that you have written for uh, Vocal Medium. Mm-hmm. The title is The Number One Reason Why It Is So Hard to Leave a Toxic Relationship. And there you write that it is, um, the reason it is because abusive relationships are addictive, <laughs> So I would love to hear more about it. And also trauma bonding. Yeah, I would love to hear more about this number one reason why we don't leave toxic relationships and trauma bonding.
2: Yeah, so abusive relationships, you know, I was in one and I tried to leave it several times. And what I noticed was, how excruciatingly painful it was to be in this state of, uh, out of control. And I didn't understand that because I knew that deep down, I knew that the relationship was, uh, not good for me, but I couldn't quite pin it, pin it. And why did I keep going back? And, um, and so there's this, There's this stuff that happens that it does become addictive because the abuser will do something destructive and then come back. And so you've got all these, I guess, like hormones going on in your head, um, where you, they, like the bonding hormone and the, the hormone where it is, um, for communicating, uh, like reward. And so when they give you something, then you get this reward. It's kind of like the Pavlov effect, you know, where you're getting, you're given something. So if I'm giving something, then I feel better. And, and then they do something horrible again. And so there's this vicious cycle that happens within that. And so I know from personal experience that trying to leave that I experienced withdrawal. And it's like the addicts that experience withdrawals as, you know, people who have, uh, drug addictions, relationships, and especially our abusive ones can be addictive and it's not easy to leave. Um, because there's that initial pain that you go through when you do, um, it's very hard. It's very scary to be in those positions and feeling like you're going out of control. And the only person or only thing that makes you feel better is your abuser.
0: That very much sounds like, um, substance abuse, right?
2: Absolutely. It, it, it pretty much is. Um, it's very, it's very difficult and uh, it's, sometimes I would even doubt myself I'm like am I the, you know is this real <laughs> I mean I had to get um counseling and i I went to a very specific um I forget what it was this it was for for woman in need and uh, an abuse counselor sat there with me and she validated me what I was going through because i I just felt like even if I voiced this out to some other people, no offense to them, I know they love me. They didn't understand. And I, I, I needed that. I needed that validation that I'm not crazy, that I wasn't making this up, that this was actually happening. And I was, in fact, being abused. And how
0: did this end? How did you end the cycle, Hilda? Uh, that's that's like the the big question (laughs) well
2: uh yeah that's a a tough one i knew that in order to stay away from this person was to go through that withdrawal and i understood it from a scientific standpoint that i wasn't going crazy it was just all the hormones going on in my head the chemicals, going. I don't know if it's a hormone, but, it, you know, the chemicals going on in my head and that was creating that feeling. And I was able to just sit with it and be okay and be okay with being really uncomfortable. I'm really uncomfortable right now, but I know this is going to pass and I have to do this for my
0: well-being. We need to be willing to go through the pain or to feel the pain. Absolutely. In order to go through it. We all know that, that that's true.
2: It's really, I think, important to understand and not to numb out or push away feeling uncomfortable. Uh, I think that's too common these days is Is numbing out and it's like, yeah, you feel it. It's okay to feel that, it's a big feeling, but do it um, because you come out on the other side.
0: And I guess for education purposes, what constitutes abuse? What is a clear sign that we are in an um, toxic relationship? Gosh, you know,
2: that's a tough one. I think, you know, for me, it was him just having extremely like erratic behavior that just didn't make sense to me, you know, um name calling is you know a big one obviously the physical abuse is is there but there's other stuff like that just doesn't make sense like um not being there when you need them so i was going through some difficult stuff and i recall this partner just getting up and leaving i needed him and he just got up and left um he Purposely would sabotage my birthdays and, you know, do really rude things. He would, there was a sense of control with him and that he was always trying to control me. He would manipulate me and how he didn't like my friends and would, would say things to me to make me think differently and, there was a sense of isolation. He did uh similar things with money. He would use tactics. If he didn't get his own way, he would he would cry or give me the silent treatment or withdraw from any sort of intimacy. Um just a lot of stuff there. I mean I think I really got, you know, like the ten out of ten
0: that <laughs> did that one. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry to hear that, Hilda. I've been through it too, and I sometimes have a feeling that I'm still going through it uh, in the relationship that I am now. But because he's doing a lot of the healing work, we're open to it. So it's um, it's becoming much more, let's say, lighter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I grew up in a very abusive relationship, family. My mother, she was very abusive uh, physically and emotionally. So that kind of um, it seems like made me to just look for relationships. There were similar people who were similar. So mm-hmm. it's almost like in that attempt to um, correct the situation has been said in, in psychology. So we're just trying to relive the trauma so we can correct it or do it differently, which never happens really. Yeah, uh, rarely. I mean, we're I,
2: we're absolutely we're seeking that connection that we didn't get, and we. Somehow attract that person that can either really help us see that, um, and work through it together or really, um, you know, it, it's, yeah, it can be really difficult and destructive. Um, and so it's really understanding the connections we seek, really understanding the familiarity that we feel isn't love, it's familiarity. And we think it's love, especially if we're coming from a background of abuse and neglect in our family. Yeah, we're like, oh, this neglect feels like love. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, no. Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's very confusing, isn't it, to be betrayed by our own parents? Yeah, it creates a lot of confusion at, mm. at that level of the mind. Yeah, it has been my experience and I chose to kind of, I I would not say live with it, but just try to understand and change myself. And just to see, I don't know if you probably heard about that, the advice, the very powerful advice and wise that so many people, a lot of spiritual teachers and therapists, they tell us to, in order to change something or someone, we need to change ourselves. Or that's the only power we have, really, is to change ourselves. So I guess that's what I have been doing like changing myself and, and it is, I would say it is working. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting to see. And I don't know how in my concept, my definition of love is very different too, is unconditional love. So I always come from that place. And I, a lot of times wonder if this is an excuse (laughs) to just, um, kind of staying in relationships that I'm not supposed to stay in. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, um I guess the confusion is gone in a sense of mental health and well-being. I feel really well, but it's still here. It never goes away. A lot of that I, I see within myself, the memories of the past and all, but I just let everything just be what they are
2: and just mm-hmm.
0: come and go. And usually that's what happens.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I 100% agree with that change, um, that there's nothing else to change but self. And when you change yourself, your outside world changes because your perception changes. And our perception is all based on our historical experience. And, you know, I find it sometimes uncanny when I speak to people, especially siblings, and they have such a different experience. And that experience is based on their perceptions of what happened and how they view the world. And when people have these perceptions, it's like basically like 95% of how we view things is based from this perception of our historical experience. And when you're able to, you know, like the mindset is be like, well, what's your perception of that? What's that story you're creating? What's that self-talk that you're doing? And, and be able to change that, because when you change your perception, well, I mean, that's it. Everything else changes. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's what I, I really have chosen in a way to focus on, to change my perspective, perception about myself, life, and others, which mm-hmm. is coming from a spiritual understanding that this is happening, not for a reason, but because it has been the pattern. It might be from lifetimes, and this is a a lesson that the soul needs to go through. I mean, if I can go it that way. But then sometimes I just kind of bypass the soul to the soul's journey and all the lessons, and I just go to the big picture of unconditional love. Life is just, is unconditional life, really. Everything is free. So Mm -hmm. it is, it is just happening. We don't have to attach ourselves to anything. No. Yeah. And that's
2: right. That's the art of surrender.
0: <laughs> yes. Right. Hilda. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Exactly. And that's
2: sometimes not so easy. Cause again, we go back to attachment, but it is the art of surrender and accepting, accepting ourselves, accepting other people and their wounds, like actually seeing people as people who have wounding and that th- where they're coming from is from the wounds. And that doesn't make that person a bad person per se. Sometimes it's so destructive that, yeah, you end up with an abusive partner. Um, but sometimes there's such a misunderstanding there that wounds clash and then it makes it so hard to get through stuff.
0: <laughs> an insight that came to me is that looking from that perspective, the larger perspectives that uh, if I can call it larger, but in the sense of bigger than we are in the sense of in being able to see how how small like I am when I see all these uh, conditionings of body and mind, that the body mm-hmm. will die. there's so much pain that we I could go through in this lifetime uh, physically. and mm-hmm. then all oh, the psychological emotional wounds generated childhood and all throughout life. So when I'm able to see that from that, perspective is like wait a minute that means there's something much bigger than the small me so there's something that is um, just not just watching the small me but it's it's also the small me so it's both it's almost like we are the big and the small <laughs> us mm-hmm. and but i choose to see life from the larger me. So that makes the small one so much more comfortable in being small. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> oh my God, Hill, that could go on forever. So Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. So we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything else that you left unsaid?
2: Yeah, of course. I have one thing that's so important. Um, And really simple to do is when, and, and I learned this when I was in the midst of my darkest periods, when I would go down the bunny hole of really just negative thinking, I'd ask myself, what is the opposite of this? Just that question, what is the opposite? And, and you know, and then I'd be like, okay, and I'd answer it. Well, it's this well, then go there <laughs> why not um, and it was that consistency of 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 going to that place instead
0: of going
2: to the mm-hmm. to the rabbit hole that's
0: a powerful question. I love questions. What is your understanding of love these days? What is love? I find
2: that it's Really taking the time to understand someone and they have their wounds and that's okay because you have your wounds and it's that, it's that piece of acceptance. And it's not to say that you have to, if there's really bad behavior involved, that you have to condone it because they have these wounds, but it's, you can still absolutely love this person in absolute wholeness, and it doesn't have to be like face to face. You can do it from a distance if it's, diff- if, it's if it's a difficult situation. Um, you're you're you know you're looking at it from a human perspective. No one's perfect, and if you're expecting someone to show up that way, well. Then you better show up that way. And, and, but we're, we're not. We're human. We have all these different ways of viewing the world and perception. And I just think like when we love something that it's good to just understand that person or that thing that we love and that we hold and hold space for, you know, love is not just a feeling. It's also an action. And so and that and that goes towards ourselves as well. You know, like we need to take the time to accept ourselves and love ourselves and not to push down the big feelings that I've talked about or be all angry that I've got these patterns. It's like rejoice them. They're like they're your greatest teacher. Make friends with it. Make friends with your inner critic. You know, like you yeah, you helped me out when I was little, but now we need to do something differently, like if you think about it, like why would you allow yourself to talk to yourself like that? You wouldn't talk like that to a small child or your best friend. Why would you do that to yourself? And so there's this love that we create that we need to create for ourselves and accepting and and that's an action within ourselves and a feeling as well as with
0: the people in our lives, yeah. So it's the whole process of understanding, being open to it, right? I agree. And I love the idea that we can start with ourselves, understanding, accepting, being kind to ourselves, because then it's easy to recognize that in others and pass that on. It has been also my experience. And and Mm. so it's a big one today that I'm engaging in. It's being kind, being kind to myself. And then I see that expanding to my husband, to my dog, and everybody else around me. So that's interesting to see. It's exactly that. I mean,
2: you are, like, when you have that sense of kindness, it's reflected back to you. Like I said, the people in your life are mirrors of you.
0: And I also love your message of creating distance. If it's not possible, it's just too, I'd say, overwhelming to be around People that we are trying to help, but they are not really yet ready to heal. Mm-hmm. So it is important to create distance. So that goes for abusive relationships that we don't need to be in one mm-hmm. in order to Absolutely. practice right that love.
2: You can love yourself. And, you know, sometimes it's loving yourself that you have to create that boundary. And And it doesn't mean you don't love that person, but it means that, you know what? You got to protect yourself, and you you need to take care of yourself. Um, and if you have to love someone from a distance, then then that's it.
0: I know it's not easy, but uh, it's something. It's a choice we have, and I love mm-hmm. the way you mentioned that too. Wow, going back <laughs> to what you said, you did say that you say, "Please don't stay," because you think you don't have a choice. You do. It is a hard choice, but there are people out there who can help you. So that's another um very beautiful reminder of support that we sometimes we need to think that way, that we need help, and they are people that can help. So thank cool. you for being one of these people.
2: Oh, thank you yeah i mean, i i when I went through that, um you know I've been a very pretty self-sufficient uh person, but when I went through that. <laughs> I had no choice but to ask for help, and I had no choice but to be so authentically vulnerable, which is like kind of hard for me to do. But it was—it just that was—and it—it was one of the most difficult times in my life, but one of the most heart-opening, beautiful times in my life because I had so much love and support. It was really beautiful.
0: You see, this is something that is crucial to understand and to be able to see, to be open, to see that we have support. We don't need to go through challenging situations alone. And that's another reason why I have this podcast, just to um, let people know that this is the reason why I'm doing this too, because I know I'm not alone. And I I put myself in this position, so it feels so much better. (laughs) It feels incredible. (laughs) Thank you so much, Hilda, for your presence in my life, in this reality, in other people's lives, and for the courage to be authentic, because it's not easy to be vulnerable. That's really not easy, too. So thank you so much for doing this. this for all of us, because it's exactly what you said before. By healing ourselves, we are healing others. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for your work as well. And before we say goodbye for today, where can we find more information about you, your work, services, and future projects?
2: Absolutely. So I am on, I have my own website. It's Hilda www.hildemollenhoff.com. Um, so that there you can book sessions. I also have an Instagram, which Um, People can DM me there as well. It's Hilda Mollenhoff Hypnotherapy. Um, It's the same on YouTube. I have some posts there. That's more. I need to do some more work there, but (laughs) it's a work in progress. Um, And then I also have TikTok. It's uh, Hypnosis Hilda.
0: Ah, wonderful. I'll have your website on your podcast profile as well. Thank you so much again, Hilda, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Hilda Molenhoff and her work, please visit hildamolenhoff.com.